eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sean's great weekend college football. Man, oh, man. We got, an, uh, we got so many games that went down to the end, including that Keystone Cops routine with LSU. And man, oh, man, in Florida State. I was happy for Florida State. I'd see kids get kicked, blocked like that. But, man, it was so exciting. We saw some players emerge as looked like Heisman candidates. We saw other Heisman candidates start slow. It was just a great weekend. My Baylor Bears – won 69 to 10 against the University of Air. Now they go to Brigham Young. And if they beat BYU, who just stomped South Florida, I'm going to be really fired up. And uh, I'll tell you, you're fighting Irish. I thought for a while they might pull the upset in Columbus. Yeah, they were hanging in. You know what, John? That's a good place to start. This will probably be the only week in a while for, for a long time that you and I get to start off with college football on the podcast. And just for those downloading and tuning in we're going to get to our predictions for the upcoming season um we're going to get to a little for real or fugazi a little bit later which is the segment that's sweeping the nation right now people love that um but let's start with the college football because i do think there's some texans angles that we can look at this stuff through you mentioned the notre dame ohio state game um cj stroud obviously a focal point of that game i think for any nfl fan whose team is going to be looking for a quarterback he's probably the guy john that I've seen the most mock draft to the Texans early on in this process here, CJ Stroud from Ohio state, but Bryce young from Alabama, albeit against inferior competition looked really good this weekend. And Anthony Richardson from Florida kind of threw his name into the hat as well. He's a guy who's been talked about as a first round talent, but we don't know a lot about him because he hasn't played very much in Florida. I'll start with Stroud. Cause it sounds like you had a chance to watch that Notre Dame, Ohio state game. What did you think of Stroud? I thought he was not the quarterback I saw in the last game he played last season when he was fantastic, but he may win a national championship and look great the rest of the season. But right now, if it's based on that performance, you would not uh, pencil him in for the first pick. And I thought Notre Dame's defense did a great job. Yeah, It was very, very impressive. And Ohio State is loaded. And uh, you mentioned Anthony Richardson. How stupid does Dan Mullen look? Oh, my God. And it's the reason he's now an analyst. He didn't play Richardson full-time. He started 
Damian Pierce one game last season. Maybe that's why he's in TV now because Florida uh, started off with a victory, was a big, big victory over Utah, ranked in the top seven or eight. And uh, it was one great game after another. I can't wait till the next one. And, Sean, if the NFL is anything like college football, and it usually is, it's going to be incredibly exciting too. Yeah, it was it was a, a big weekend. I thought the same thing, John. Like literally on, you, you know, as you know, John, I have a multi, I'm not sure if you're aware, I have a multi-TV setup on my wall. I don't know if you knew that, John. Really? No, yeah. I didn't know. You I don't ever, know if you've if seen you my ever, hundreds of tweets. Have you ever showed that uh, no. or – I've talked about it before. I'd have to go back and look at Twitter. I think I may have tweeted a picture of it once or twice. And I had some nasty comments last two days. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you have the last two days. No, I haven't actually. I've refrained the last couple of days. I've been laying low, but here's my point is on one screen. I'm watching Anthony Richardson just completely tear the insides out of Utah. And on the screen next to it, I have Dan Mullen saying something. I wasn't listening because I'm looking, I'm going, okay. I'm watching this quarterback on this one screen here who Dan Mullen thought was a lesser player than Emory Jones. And on the other screen, Dan Mullen is supposedly saying something that I need to listen to because I'm going to learn something from this guy. And that doesn't even factor in Damian Pierce. I should have had Damian Pierce on the big screen right below it just with a highlight reel playing of, of all of his preseason runs because it would have been the perfect encapsulation of Dan Mullen. Why do I need to listen to this guy? who gave Damian Pierce a total, John, a total of 329 carries at Florida over four years. I mean, that's, it, that's one of the craziest things that I think I've seen throughout this whole preseason is going back and looking at Damian Pierce's collegiate career and just how little he was used. It's amazing. And that's good for the Texans. By yes. the way, I can one-up you on your, on your video um, wall. Okay. And I didn't go to a sports bar to do it. I certainly can't do it at my house. But Carol and I went over to Gary Horns, my buddy from elementary school who sponsors uh, my show shows on Sports Radio 610, Horn Solutions. And Gary has, let's see, 85 and 75. And the 75, he's got all glass where you can have like Notre Dame at this game against Ohio State on one. Yeah. And you have age and that great, great uh, game against UTSA on the other, it was almost like being in a movie theater. And of course, I can't compare it to yours because I've never been there to see it. Oh, well, John, you know, you're invited anytime. (laughs) I got to get you over here to watch the games for for sure. I, for sure, John, I, but here's the thing. And I love Gary Horn, but it's like, uh, John, I'm the Tampa Bay Rays compared to Gary Horn's New York Yankees. When it comes to resources, he's got, he's got the resources to be able to populate that world. That wall the way he does. Gary does well. Um, the other big news with college football over the weekend, and it actually, I was surprised that it kind of dropped on Friday, like a news dump of some sort, because I thought this was great news. Maybe it's polarizing, but college football finally acted on the, the, um, the initiative that they had put forth about a year and a half ago to expand the playoff to 12 teams from four teams And if you recall, it was back in the spring of 2021 where that idea was first floated and voted on, and they seem to be ready to move forward. And then within weeks of that, Texas and Oklahoma lead for the SEC or announced they want to leave the Big 12 for the SEC. And it feels like every person in power just said, "Okay, we need to hit pause for a second here and get a feel for what this is going to look like. And that forced everybody to hit pause. And it's strange because I feel like the next move, 
which was USC and UCLA going from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten, almost had the opposite effect. That almost kind of amped up everybody's urgency to to batten down the hatches a little bit and and add some stability to college football. Because I think that's, John, I think ultimately that's what this 12-team playoff is in the short term, is it's a life raft to the Big 12 and the Pac-12 and the ACC to where they feel like, okay, I mean, we may have another school leave here or there, and I don't know who that school would be. I think we're running out of schools that actually add value to the Big Ten and the SEC at this point. But at the very least, they can sell recruits that, no, we've got access to the championship, the top six conferences. I'll make it. It's a life raft to the group of five on top of that because the top six-ranked conference winners all get automatic bids into the tournament. What do you think of this expansion? I saw a graphic if this had been in fact last season. Baylor, of course, would have been in it. And I'm for anything that helps Baylor. But everything in college football is dictated by TV. This is not the presidents getting together, the coaches, athletic directors. This is TV telling them here's what's going to happen mm. because it's more money from everybody. ESPN, Fox, all the networks that carry college football, they dictate everything. I've had a couple of athletic directors I've known for a while tell me that you know if tv tells me you're going to do it you're going to do it and i think it's great uh, yeah i do too didn't have to wait so long yeah i know it's good yeah for those just that, that aren't clued in on the details of it 2026 is the latest they would do it because that's when all the tv contracts are up um they want to try to get it implemented by 2024 if they can and you're right john baylor not only would have made it they'd have had a first round buy in the playoff of it were last year because they were one of the top four rated or top four highest ranked um, conference champions uh, at the end of the regular season. John, I think it's going to be amazing. Those first two weeks of December, think about that now, whereas the first two weeks of December used to be the conference championship game weekend, which really only mattered to the fan bases of the schools involved. For, for the most part, the very few of those were de facto playing games. And then the second weekend in December was Army Navy, and that's it. Now, you're going to have a bunch of conference championship games that the winners are guaranteed bids to the, to the playoff in all likelihood. And then you're going to have a second week in December or third week. I don't know if they'll stick a bye week in there in between the conference title games and the playoff, but you're going to have, you're going to have four playoff games in the first round played on college campuses and the matchups in the, if going back to what you said, if the matchups were, based on the, the the final rankings of last year, it would have been uh, Pitt at Georgia. That's the 12 versus five. It would have been Utah at Notre Dame. That's the 11 versus the six. You would have had a rematch with Michigan State and Ohio State in the seven versus 10 game. And you would have had Oklahoma State going to Ole Miss in the eight versus nine game. I, I, I don't know. Call me crazy, but a system that gives you extra meaningful games that are taking place in Sanford Stadium, Notre Dame Stadium, the Horseshoe, and the Grove at Ole Miss, sign me up for that all day long. It would be so much fun on those weekends to be in Vegas. Oh. And I can imagine what it's going to be like because I know what it's like during the NCAA basketball tournament. Let me ask you this, son. This is yeah. something I think that if if indeed they, they do this, and I wish they'd do it in 2024 – I think that we would have more games like Notre Dame and Ohio State, Utah and Florida, LSU and Florida State, because teams wouldn't be so afraid of one loss knocking them out of the playoff picture. What do you think? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I agree, and I think also, John, um, that I think, too, that it, it, it scheduling up like that is a buffer in case you're hovering around that 11, 12, 13 range in the rankings. Similar to the college basketball tournament, they're going to look at your strength of schedule. You know, what's the RPI of the teams that you played? I, I totally agree with that. You're, you're absolutely right, because those games are fun for fan bases. You know, those are those sell season tickets, you know, and, and uh, not that a lot of these big schools don't have issues with season ticket sales. But you know what I mean? I'm in complete agreement with you. I you, I could see the argument the other way. Well, now 12 teams make it. Why do I, if I'm. Alabama, why do I need to schedule a hard game out of conference? If I go 12 and 0, it doesn't matter who I'm playing out of conference. I I hope that's not the case. Most of the big schools like that don't think that way anymore. They know that these early season games, almost like preseason bowl games, you know, like you know, the, the some of these first games of the season act as like early season bowl games. I think most schools have embraced having at least one of those, if not more on the schedule. So I'm with you on that. I think that's exactly what happens. Um Last thing on the college football front, I guess this is college football, John. Did you see that Netflix put out a 10-second tease uh, that looks like a tease for a Johnny Manziel documentary? I did see that, and uh, I, I would – I will watch it. Yeah, I may have Netflix by then, and uh, I would certainly <laughs> watch it because he's one of the most fascinating people I've ever seen. Well, John, you've sat down with him. This Seth and I talked about this on Pain and Pendergast this morning. We were going through all the different anecdotes from the Johnny Manziel history that we would want to see dove into in, in the documentary. You know, him getting booted from the Manning Passing Academy, Uncle Nate, uh, him going in a blonde wig to Vegas. Uh, you know, there's any myriad number of things. My question was, does John McClain get a vignette in there? Do they sit you down to talk to you about Johnny Manziel? Because, John... You, on your trip to San Diego to watch Johnny Manziel work out with George Whitfield, were able to procure the famous quote, the chip on his shoulder went from a Frito to a Dorito. I feel like you are at least uh, a a fraction of a percent of the Johnny Manziel story. And thus, you should get at least (laughs) you should get at least 10 seconds in this thing talking about your trip to California to go watch him. Uh, it was a it was an incredible experience. Shereen Williams, who worked at the Fort Worth Star Telegram, then now works for Pro Football Talk and NBC. We went. She's an Aggie. We knew George Whitfield very well, and we went out, spent two days and a night. Went to dinner, went over, and hung out with them. And James Lofton was there for Mike Evans because Mike Evans was also out there. Johnny, they were living in a house. And um, and so we got to go work out with them. One of the things George Whitfield would put them through was was working out in the ocean and where they had the water up to their waist and they were throwing and catching passes and trying to keep their balance. And I don't know what good it did, but it sure looked good. And uh, it was a really, really interesting time. I was captivated by Manziel. I was when he played at Alabama. And then the fact the way he was off, off the field, you know, party Johnny, not just Johnny football. And, and uh, one of the things I remember 
George uh, had the on the field practice, the ocean practice, and then Johnny had to watch tape. So we go in a room and there's a guy sitting at a keyboard about to watch tape with Johnny on a computer. And George said, uh, John McLean, Kevin O'Connell. And as I met Kevin O'Connell, went wow. from playing football to working with him like that. And the same thing happened to me was select sports group and their agent, Jeff Nally. He had, I can't remember who it was, might've been Vince Young. And he was about to do some film work. He said, uh, John McLean, Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff mm. just left NFL and was, and was uh, working for select sports group, teaching their quarterbacks, uh, letting them watch things on tape. But Manziel was a hoot. He was funny. He was great at dinner. He was cracking jokes and stuff. And I, I was caught up in it. And I yeah. tell you, the stories I wrote, the Aggies clicked on those things so many times. I think they told me that like 436,000 clicks. Do did you, you, you have pretty close ties with the Cleveland media through Mary Kay Cabot, Tony Grossi, friends of yours up there through the years. And I know that one of these guys I'm about to ask you about, it's only been a year since he's become relevant in Cleveland, but at the, at the height of the, at the height of their respective stories, did you talk more with people in Cleveland about Johnny Manziel or Deshaun Watson? I went to uh, do a column on Manziel and they were playing a preseason game at uh, Akron at the university of Akron stadium. And afterward, there were so many media people there. I couldn't get close to him. Hmm. I couldn't get with earshot, much less voice shot. It was like, it was the super bowl and uh, they were fired up about him until he started playing and Deshaun Watson there, you know, it's bittersweet. They don't want to like him. They don't want to like the situation, but they know there's a good chance when he comes off the suspension against the Texans, and maybe not this season, maybe next season, they know he's going to be a great quarterback where they knew early on Manziel was not. And I'll tell you a great story about Manziel. I was told that uh, he got, like all players, a um, uh laptop mm -hmm. to uh with a game with a game not the game plan the playbook on it yeah and uh, at the end of the season he turned it in and the it guy went to the coach and said coach this has only been turned on twice once after he was given it and number two before he started against the steelers and they're like that's got to be a mistake nope that's what we thought it was only turned on twice. Now, I don't know if that story is true, but it sure sounds like it could be. A hundred percent. John, we played on the show today when we were talking about this Manziel documentary. Seth and I played, it's about a minute 30 vignette that the NFL did them on all the players back then. They do it every year. Like they call it like first look or something like that. And it's like, you know, it's Johnny, you know, Johnny looking at the camera going, Johnny Manziel, quarterback, Texas A&M. And then it's a bunch of highlights and a, bun a bunch of Johnny himself talking about himself and things like that. And we went through that. And, you know, some of it was real. Like, you know, Johnny talks about his, how hyper competitive he is and, and compared himself to other quarterbacks like Brett Favre and things like that. Like, all right, I get it. This is all happening like right about the time, probably, you know, right in that same time frame where you were in San Diego meeting with him, that pre-draft time frame. But it's crazy to go back and listen to the parts of that, even in just a 90 second clip where like two or three times he's like, I'm going to come in the building and work hard and that's going to permeate the building and they're going to get a hard worker and this and we're just dropping the buzzer on it each time he says that like false, false, false. Like it turns out he, like he was the furthest thing from a hard worker. He thought he could get away with just being better than everybody else like he did in the SEC. 
I would like to know from Johnny Manziel the answer to this question. Johnny, if you played today at AM and did what you did at AM, how much NIL money do you yeah. think you could make? Yep. Yeah, because he was making money illegally on autograph shows and no telling what else. And now it would all be legal. My God, Johnny Football would be the highest paid college player in history. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I hope this documentary is the real thing. And John, uh, if it comes to fruition, I'll let you use my Netflix password for one day. So there you go. I think I ought to be able to afford it now. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. With all with the, my two the, new jobs. the seven new jobs that you've got, you should be able to put the bill for the fourteen ninety nine a month or whatever it is. 